Well, we're going to come to the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter 20. And we're reading, well, we're looking at a passage, Acts chapter 20, verses 17 to 38. But last week we looked at verses 17 to 27. And today we're going to focus on verses 28 down to verse 38. So I'm just going to read uh, that part of our passage, Acts chapter 20. Verse 17 is now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus, he called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock of which and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him. Being sorrowful, most of all, because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Amen. Let me ask you, friends, are you safe here today? What do you think? How do you feel being in here with other people around you? Are you feeling secure or threatened? Here in church with other believers sitting around you, is it safe? Now, let me be clear. Let me be clear, friends, right from the start as we begin. I do not mean the virus, COVID-19. We all know the risks, don't we? We know what's circulating out there. In this short time together, I want us to think about in here. You with me, me with you, us with each other. Are we safe? Here's the truth. Churches are meant to be one of the safest places on earth, but they can, in fact, be one of the most dangerous places. We're not going to have to look very hard at the passage in front of you today to see this. Do you remember Boris Johnson, March this year? I must level with you, the British public. Many more families are going to lose their loved ones before their time. Hard words, painful words. And we were grateful, weren't we, for somebody telling us the truth. Here in front of you, in your Bible this morning, is an emotional scene. Men are weeping as the Apostle Paul is speaking. Did you know that in the book of Acts, the whole book of Acts, this is the only speech given to Christians? 
The only speech given to believers, all the other speeches are to people on the outside of the Christian faith. But here is a Christian leader looking other Christian leaders in the eye and he says to them, I need to level with you. Many sheep will not be spared and some of you will do the damage. Just two things for us to see together this morning. Number one. The terrible shock of what Paul knows. The terrible shock of what Paul knows. And number two, the privileged cost of what shepherds do. The privileged cost of what shepherds do. A terrible shock and a privileged cost. I want us to start here with verse 29. I want us to feel the shock of what Paul knows. Feel it. I know, here's what he knows, verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So Paul knows two things, doesn't he? That wolves will come in, teeth bared, and not every sheep will survive. The flock will not be spared. And verse 30, he knows, I think the implication is, he knows that some of these wolves will come in among because they are, they are already in, dressed as sheep. See what he says? From among your own selves, men will arise who will do a lot of damage. What a thing to say to a group of men as you say goodbye to them. Remember the Lord Jesus at the Last Supper? One of you here will betray me. And the looks get cast around the table, around the room. Who's it going to be? Who will it be, Lord? From among your own selves, Paul says. Literally, either men here in front of me, standing here, or down through the centuries from among groups of Christian leaders, false shepherds, wolves will come in. Look at the three verbs in verse 30 that Paul uses to to say what they will do. Among you men will arise. In other words, they'll be in your midst a long time, maybe, but then they'll grow to prominence. They'll begin to stand out. They'll begin to be trusted and eventually responsibility falls on their shoulders. And they will arise. Then they will speak twisted things and then the third verb they will draw people away they arise they speak they mislead you know when when you trust someone you don't notice the twisted words at first do you or or you excuse them The, the, the word for twisted here is the word for perverse perverse words And you want to say, don't you? No, not us, not us, surely not us. We'd never follow someone speaking perverse words, would we? Perverse words are obvious, the danger is clear. No, friends, feel the terrible shock of what Paul knows, which is that when sheep know someone, they end up following someone, and they even end up following them off a cliff or into the mouth of a wolf. Do you know that churches are dangerous? 
Some of us know that. Some of you here know that. You have been hurt in, in church, badly hurt. Some of us are oblivious to the fact that churches are dangerous. We just rock up week after week, come and go. But churches go bad and ministries go bad and go wrong all the time. And sheep, precious sheep, come to ruin. People fall out of love with the Lord Jesus Christ or lose sight of him and whole denominations can go wrong. And the damage that that can do is immense. The not sparing the flock can be more awful than we can say. Some of you, I know, have seen the aftermath of a fox in a chicken coop. It's one thing, isn't it, to have blood and feathers everywhere, but... To have blood and feathers in a place meant for safety and refuge. A place that's meant to have eggs and chicks and life. It's awful. A sheep pen, a fold, is meant to have strong walls and lockable gates. And it's meant to have brave shepherds at the door. And if a wolf gets in, there is nowhere for the sheep to go. They are trapped. And the damage and the ruin can be immense. Some of you will have seen this week on our TV screens our first minister, Nicola Sturgeon. She she sought to reassure us, didn't she? This pandemic, she said, will pass. One day the virus threat will be over or it will be less prevalent. One day normal life will return. Friends, she's right, isn't she? So patience, friends, today. Brothers and sisters, resilience, patience. But more than she can offer us, look to Jesus. We are not people of fear. One day she is right. This threat will pass. But oh, friends, brothers and sisters, this threat This threat, Acts chapter 20, this threat will remain until Jesus comes again. The greatest danger we face is not out there, but in here. Our church family, this building, is meant to be a city on a hill, isn't it? We are meant to be a light in the darkness. We want to be a refuge for the broken. One day we want those doors to be thrown wide open, a lighthouse for the storms on the sea, a shelter. And oh, the tragedy, if people come in for safety, only to come to ruin. By the mouths of people who should be feeding them the living word, but instead pervert it and twist it and lead people away. So here's the second thing to see. Number one, the shock of what Paul knows. But look at number two, the privileged cost of what shepherds do. I love this. The terrible shock of what Paul knows. Many sheep will be lost and wolves in shepherd's clothing will arise. But... Look what Paul does. He's not just shrugging his shoulders, is he? He's not saying, oh, well, what can you do? These things happen. You win some, you lose some. No, God has given his church shepherds. There is a firewall. There is something to be done. You have my example, says Paul. You know how I lived. You know what I taught. So now, number two today, now heed my instructions. 
Last week he gave them his example. Today he gives them his instruction. Shepherds, true shepherds. Shepherds like the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd. Shepherds who love Jesus need to do something. And there is a tremendous cost to it. And it is an unspeakable privilege to carry the cost. Verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. Just put your word, your, your eyes on the opening words of that verse. Do you notice the surprise? Pay careful attention to all the flock. Is that what he says? That's what we'd expect, isn't it? It's what I would expect. Look, look, he's saying, this is serious. I'm about to tell you about wolves without and wolves within. So take heed of all the flock. No. This is so important, so right, so true. Where does he start? Pay careful attention to yourselves. Yourselves, self-care before sheep care is the shepherd's first task. And it is so easy to neglect it and to forget about it. To forget about it in the task. Is my own sight of Jesus getting greater and stronger and deeper and richer? Or is it getting less and less year by year? Is all I can see around me sheep and their demands and their problems and their hopes and their dreams? Do I want to spend more time with the sheep than I do with the good shepherd himself? Look at verse 19 again that we looked at last week. You know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day until now serving the Lord. There's the key, isn't it? It's very easy to live among sheep, serving the Lord on the first day, but after 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, after several years, serving the sheep instead of the Lord. It is of first importance that the shepherds of God's sheep pay careful attention to themselves before the sheep. Why am I so irritable just now? What does that reaction say about me? Why is my patience diminishing, not growing? Am I growing in grace? Is my heart becoming hard? What's my marriage like? What are my, what's my relationship with my kids like? That is costly. It's hard to do that, isn't it? Pay attention to yourself. It's easy to ignore it. Not many of you chose to spend yesterday morning, I'm guessing, lifting the bonnet of the car just to check it. Got a couple of free hours. I'll just have a look. What are you doing, darling? I'm, I'm just taking the vacuum cleaner apart. Just thought it needed a service. Carefully sorting the hard drive to stop it getting slow. No, we don't do that, do we? We just run and run and run and run and boom, there's a problem. The public scandal, the outright false teaching, the unexpected implosion of a church or a ministry does not happen overnight. It grows for months and months and years and years. Do you know one of the greatest blessings that God has given you, Trinity, 
church family, the greatest blessing, one of the greatest blessings God has given you as a church family with me as your minister is elders around me. No, don't do that, David. That would be stupid. Just think about it. Press pause. One of the greatest blessings God has given Trinity elders is our presbytery around us. Don't do that, Trinity Aberdeen. That wouldn't be right. All of it is part of paying careful attention to yourself. And then, and only then, pay careful attention to the flock. And look how detailed it is, not just flock in general, but all the flock. All. Aren't you glad that little word all is there? If you're a sheep, you're included, you're in. All, the rich, the poor, the significant, the one who feels insignificant, to all. Elders must know all their flock. It's why we talk about it as macro knowing, big picture knowing. It's why we have church membership here at Trinity. Who is part of our flock and who is not? Who do we have to go after? Elders need to have micro knowing, not just macro, but micro knowing. We have to know you personally, individually. So, so look at it. Can you see the hours adding up here? The elder, the shepherd, the man who might be a husband with a wife to pay careful attention to and who might have children to pay careful attention to now has a flock to pay careful attention to. Do you see the cost of it? And yet look what Paul says. Look at verse 24. Look at verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Oh, the privilege. It's not my church. It's not my ministry. The ministry I received from Jesus to testify to the grace of God. Because I got it from him, Paul says, because he gave it to me, my own life is worth nothing by itself. True shepherds are givers, not takers. True shepherds are givers, not takers. And the cost of giving and giving and giving, not taking. Look at verse 33. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands of mine ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. Shepherds know that money can be one of the most complex of things to navigate. And shepherds have to be willing to keep the gospel and the Bible free at the point of delivery to people. It's a tricky issue, isn't it? Ministry is not free. Ministry costs something, costs way more than many realize. And yet, the true shepherd says, I am willing even to pay the cost of it. If it means you get to hear about the Lord Jesus free. Listen to this, John Calvin. It is the universal duty of all pastors or shepherds to defend the doctrine which they proclaim, even at the expense of their own life, and to seal the doctrine of the gospel with their own blood. 
And then he says this, listen to this. It must be held that a pastor ought to prefer his flock or even a single sheep to his own life. Think about that. I think it's true. In fact, I think it's beautiful, but just think about it. Many sheep over time move on from a church, don't they? Because they find their shepherds annoying or boring or too hard or too soft. This church doesn't do this or doesn't do that. And sheep move on. But there's usually, what is there? Usually one minister, a handful of other elders. How many sheep? A hundred people, 200 sheep, 300 sheep. That is a lot of people for shepherds to find difficult, demanding, stubborn, proud. And so it works the other way. Many ministers move on. It must be held that a pastor ought to prefer his flock or even a single sheep to his own life. Our oh, friends, churches should be the safest place on earth. Here in this place, in these walls, you should be known by name, fed Christ's living word week by week, year by year, patiently protected to the death, the death. You know, I think older pastors tend to know this best, don't they? Here's one, a man called John Flavel. He said this, a prudent minister will study the souls of his people more than the best books in his library. And not choose what is easiest for him, but rather what is most necessary for them. Wouldn't you like John Flavel as your minister? I would. Oh, the, the meetings are many and the admin is unending and committees are always there. But men who study the souls of their people. What are their needs? What are their fears? What is threatening them? What's causing them to stumble? Where are they going astray? Those are the kinds of questions shepherds ask. That's a shepherd. Men who love you and come after you and keep leading you. Keep leading you to Jesus. Now, why do we do it? Why do we try to do it? Answer. Do you see the answer in the passage? Because of who we all belong to. So important to see this. Verse 28, be shepherds, look at it again, be shepherds of your church. Be shepherds of your flock. No, that's not what it says. Shepherds of the church of God. Shepherds of a flock over which the Holy Spirit put you in charge, but which God obtained with his own blood. Do you notice how the text describes our preciousness to God? He bought us with his own blood. He paid for us himself. When you pay for something, it is precious to you. It's true, isn't it? You grow up with your parents, your dad telling you for your entire life, turn your bedroom light off and you never do. I saw someone a while ago, a dad saying, if my children knew there was a light in the oven, they'd leave that one on as well. Until you come to pay the electricity bills and then you turn into your dad telling your children to turn the lights off. We, we know it's true. You looked after your first home much more carefully than you did that student flat that you just rented. It's a fact. 
You didn't drive your new car that left a huge hole in your bank balance. You didn't drive that car the way you drove the hire car on holiday. When you pay for something, it's precious to you. You're responsible for it. Imagine at the minute you're out walking in the highlands and you meet the queen. Happens, doesn't it? In case you hear these stories up in Loch Nagar somewhere, you meet the queen, you get talking, you tell her about the pressures on your life, trying to get the kids to school and you've only got one car and she lends you her Range Rover. Have it, she says. I'll send someone to get it back from you in a month. It's yours. Just use it for a month. Where are you going to park that Range Rover? What are you going to do inside that Range Rover? McDonald's drive-through? Trip to the woods with your six kids and your three Labradors all piling into the back? I suspect because of who, whose that vehicle is, you will drive it very, very, very carefully. When God himself, Paul says, pays for something himself, pays for it with the death of his son, the shedding of his blood, God then entrusts what it is he's bought into your shepherd hands. If you are a leader in God's church, a Sunday school leader, a truth group leader, student supper leader, a Bible study leader, there you go, here's my my sheep. I've written the check. I've paid the price, the death of my son. Now I want you to look after them. And the tragedy of many a shepherd, you see, is that they think these people did not cost me anything. Therefore, they are not precious to me. They're they're not my children. Why should I look after them? Paul says the answer is because of what they cost the master. Because of what they cost God himself. Churches of gospel care have shepherds who know how to view the sheep. It is not mere presence in the fold. It is not numerical contribution to the size that matters. But it is their worth that matters. Their value. Their safety. Their protection. Because of who they belong to. Here's a man called Richard Baxter. Who knew exactly what it cost to care for sheep. He, he put the question to shepherds this way. Here's what he said. Oh, then let us hear these arguments of Christ. Whenever we feel ourselves grow dull and careless, Christ says, did I die for these souls and will you not look after them? Were they worth my blood, but not worth your labor? How small is your condescension and labor compared to mine? Baxter says, every time we look on our congregations, let us believingly remember that they are the purchase of Christ's blood and therefore should be regarded by us with the deepest interest and the most tender affection. Isn't that beautiful? The deepest interest and the most tender affection. Can I say to you today, If you have been trampled on and spat out by the church or you've got teeth marks on your body, wolf scars somewhere. Or or if this world that we live in has just pushed you to the side 
push you to the very margins of society. You are a nobody in the eyes of the world with people with power. You are insignificant and overlooked and often ignored. Can I say to you today, you are more precious to God than any words I can ever use to convey to you. You are more precious to him. So precious you are worth the death of his son who shed his own blood. There is no greater way of conveying worth than to say that God the Son shed his blood for you. His life for yours. And in these walls, friends, within the walls of this building, there should only be, only ever be safety. And protection and feeding and nurture and life and pasture. And we are all involved in this. I know this sounds like a sermon to elders, doesn't it? To shepherds. It's not. We are all involved in this. Do you see that? Who is it that the wolf in shepherd's clothing draws away? Verse 30. Who is it that they speak to and lead away? Among, from among your own selves, verse 30, will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away Trinity Church after them, the disciples after them. That's you, it's me, it's all of us. Precious believer, precious fellow Christian today, can I ask you, are you the kind of Christian that would be easily led off down a blind alley, easily taken in? How good are your spiritual antennae, your your eyes of discernment? I listened to Kevin DeYoung this week, pastor in America. He said this, you are not ready to be an elder if you think every sheep is a sheep. In other words, if you can't spot that there might be wolves dressed up as sheep. It's true, I think. And I want to add to what he said. I want to add this. You are ready to be led astray by elders if you think every shepherd is a shepherd. If you think every shepherd is a shepherd, you are sitting duck, prime target. Do you trust everyone in a dog collar or in a traditional building or sitting on a bar stool on a well-lit stage? Don't do that. Look, here's what false shepherds do. Again, look at the detail in the words. They draw away disciples after them. After them, that's the key. You see, false shepherds say, follow me. Listen to me. The true shepherd takes the spotlight off themselves. They never point to themselves. They point to Jesus. Who are you following today? Do you know when it's every shepherd's turn to leave, like it was Paul's turn here to leave and the tears are flowing, When it's every true shepherd's turn to leave, one of the marks of that true ministry is that the shepherd knows the sheep will be just fine without him. Look at verse 33. Verse 32, rather, sorry. Now I commend you, not not to my ministry, not to my legacy, to what I did among you. Now I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That's who I commend you to, to God. 
The sheep will be just fine without Paul. You know, John Calvin, when he died, uh, the great reformer that I mentioned earlier, John Calvin, when he died, was adamant that he be buried in an unmarked grave so that it wouldn't be venerated, so that people wouldn't flock to it. One of Calvin's biographers said, as he lay dying, his friends gathered round his bed, distraught with grief. There would be no other like him. Yes, but do you see what Calvin's saying with his unmarked grave? Don't waste your time coming to see me anymore. I'm gone. It's your turn now to lead. Do you know in 1959, Sydney, Australia, Billy Graham preached in Sydney. And when he tried to leave, 5,000 people arrived at the airport and physically would not let him on the plane until he preached to, to them again. Can you imagine it? 5,000 people. And from the steps of the plane, Billy, from the steps going up to the plane, Billy Graham preached a farewell sermon. Do you know what his text was? John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 37. John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then the text says straight after that, the two disciples heard John say this, And they followed Jesus. They heard John say this and they followed Jesus. You've heard me speak to you, Billy Graham says. Now follow Jesus. Now follow him. In his hands you will be safe. From his living words you will be fed. From his mouth you will have all you need. In his fold. Oh, friends, in Christ's fold, there is pasture, health, strength, life. For he himself, and only he himself, paid for you, for me. So so may we listen and follow. Amen.